When you think about Greek life, Christian faith might be the absolute last thing that comes to mind. But we not only believe that it's possible to be Greek and Christian, but also that it's the best way to experience Greek life and grow your faith. We have real, honest conversations about how to approach Greek life from a Christian perspective, including things like recruiting and pledging, drinking and drugs, sex and dating, leadership and philanthropy, and much more. This podcast is by Greeks and for Greeks. Our hosts and guests are all members of fraternities and sororities who collectively have decades worth of experience living out their faith in Greek life. Welcome to the Greek and Christian Podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Allison, your host of the Greek and Christian Podcast. I am excited that we are re-releasing a couple of our favorite episodes uh, for the beginning of February in honor of Black History Month. Uh, so this episode is our conversation with Tiaja. She is an alum of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated at Western Michigan University, and she shares about her experience of being in an, a historically Black sorority at Western Michigan University. Uh, so I hope that you enjoy this episode of our conversation with Tiaja, and we'll have another conversation with uh, some NPHC Greeks next week. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Allison here, your host for the Greek and Christian podcast. Um, and I'm really excited about this bonus episode uh, that we're recording. Uh, this week, I'm flying solo because my co-host, John, is on vacation. Uh, but I'm very excited about our guest. And honestly, it's fine that John is not here because, as you know from past podcasts, I am a Bronco, Western Michigan University alumna, and John is from Clemson. Right. But this week we have a guest from Western Michigan University, and that means 100 percent of the people on our program are Broncos. So um, sorry, not sorry that John isn't here. <laughs> but anyway, uh, as you know, on the Greek and Christian podcast, we talk all about the tension of living out your faith in your fraternity or sorority. And we truly believe that being Greek is actually one of the best ways that you can grow in your faith. So. I'm going to stop talking now, and I'm going to introduce our guest. So this week we have Tiaja. Hey, Tiaja. Hey. And as I said, Tiaja is a Western Michigan University alumna, and uh, she is a member of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated, and she currently works as a human resource specialist, I believe, in Kalamazoo. Is that right? Yes. Still holding down the fort. I miss yeah. it. <laughs> I miss Kalamazoo. Well, I'm excited to hear more about your experience of uh, your faith in Greek life. So yeah, let's get to it. So let's just start out with, you know, why you went Greek? Like, did you come to college knowing you wanted to go Greek? Yeah. Tell us about that experience. I was not exposed to Greek life until maybe my senior year of high school. Um actually met a lady from my church who was a member of Sigma Gamma Rho, Sorority Incorporated. Aww. And um, I just remember like she would give me rides home from choir practice or choir rehearsal. And she would have this bag in the backseat with <laughs> the Greek letters. And I'd, I would like look at it, but I wouldn't touch it because I didn't know what it meant. And so... <laughs> Um, but going into college, I did not really plan to go Greek. It was something that I kind of just felt like maybe I should just 
go for it. It's some, it was something that no one really expected of me, nor did mm. I expect it of myself. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I really liked hanging out with, um, with the ladies of Signa Gamaro and Kalamazoo. And so that kind of um, pushed me to kind of just go for it. Nice. And what year in school were you when you crossed over? I was a sophomore. All right. A sophomore. Oh, <laughs> love it. Um, and so where were you at in your faith when you joined Sigma Gamma Rho? Were you a Christian? What was what was your faith like at that time? Yeah, um, I was a Christian at the time. Um, like I said, I was I was in church. I was very active in church. Um, singing. Did you grow up going to church your whole life? Yes. Yes. So that was the norm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anything outside of that was just not a thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I was very active. I was teaching, um, singing, um, all those things. Nice. And so just walk us through, like, if you want to talk about your experience as, um, you know, I think it is it called neophyte? Yes. When you're joining. Yeah. So if you want to, you can share a little bit like, <laughs> what was it like being a Christian as a neophyte um, or, you know, as a Christian when you crossed over? It was very different. Um, I was not used to the party life. Um, and I before before we were introduced to campus, um, like, you know, I had discussed with, you know, my sorority sisters like this. This is who I am. I'm not much of a partier. I don't drink. Of course, we. I was underage at the time. So I'm like, I don't do that. I never <laughs> have. I never intended to. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of just established like who I was. Like I go to church every Sunday. I go every Wednesday for Bible study. Mm -hmm. I don't miss for many reasons. Um, like the party scene was was like weird. It was loud. I was uncomfortable. Like people could mm -hmm. tell I didn't belong there. Mm. Um, but as a neo, you kind of gotta like put yourself out there and let people know who you are. Cause it's <laughs> I think the most embarrassing moment was like during my presentation, people were like, Who is that? I'm like, they hadn't oh, seen you around that they much. They hadn't seen me around. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. Um, How did your sisters respond to those boundaries of like, I'm not going to drink. Like, this is my deal. Church is really important to me. Um, initially, they were okay with it. Um, but they like encouraged me. They're like, you know, this is, this is something that we do. Like, at least try it. And even with the boundaries that I gave them, and even though I did, you know, go to parties and stuff with them, um, they made sure, like, they really looked out for me. They made sure, you know, I was taken care of, um, that I didn't drink too much, nice. um, or that I did not leave without them. Um, mm -hmm. You know, all the good sisterly things that you do at a party. <laughs> yeah. So tell me a little bit about, like, the party culture. I mean, we both went to Western, but we mm -hmm. were there at different times. And, I mean, to be honest, we were part of different Greek councils. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I had some friends who were part of Black sororities and Black fraternities. But at least from what I remember at the parties, there wasn't a lot of, like, overlap between the councils. Mm -hmm. And so what was it like for you? What was the party scene like with the NPHC fraternities and sororities at Western? I have to say, honestly, it was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, totally. What was fun about it? Um, I think what what really caught me by surprise was um, it's weird. But there was a lot of unity at the parties. Um, it didn't matter who you were. Like, here's a drink. Here's a blunt. Like, here is whatever you need to make this party experience the best party experience you ever had. Um, mm. And I was not used to that. I mean, we don't do that at church. So. Right, exactly. No one's handing you a blunt when you no. walk into the door. No, they don't. The most you get is communion. So, um, But it, it was fun. Um, I really enjoyed strolling. I mm. still enjoy strolling. And that's what I did for the majority of the party. Of course, you, you get tired. Do you have a favorite song that you stroll to? No, not really. I... um. No, I will. I will stroll to a church song in a hot nice. second. So <laughs> I don't really have. But you know, I don't really have a favorite song. But um, yeah, I figure as long as I find something in this party space that I'm comfortable yeah. with, then I can get with the party scene. Yeah. So it sounds like. I mean, what I'm hearing from you is that like it was a place of discomfort at mm -hmm. first, like engaging with the party scene. Um, and then you kind of started easing into it. Even still, like my first choice would not have been to go to a party. Sure. Yeah. Um, but if I was there, like, you don't want to be the weird person, you know, standing on the wall. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, doing nothing <laughs> at a Other party. Other guests have talked about that, too, how it's hard to figure out you know, how to be confident at a party situation mm -hmm. when you're maybe looking different than everybody else. Like yeah. if you're choosing not to drink or whatever, hook up or whatever, mm -hmm. um, it's awkward. Yeah, very. So how was your faith? We talked a little bit about you joining your sorority as a neo in your faith and then after you crossed over. So how is your faith challenged uh, by being Greek? Oh, that's a really good question. How was it challenged? I would say I, I have pretty much gotten to a point where I was kind of not really into church anymore. Mm -hmm. um, where like I wouldn't mind staying out late on a Saturday night knowing that I had to be at church at 730. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I kind of like someone had like pointed it out to me like you are not doing what you told us that you would do when you first mm. like joined the sorority um yeah like your and, sisters noticed the yeah. changes mm -hmm. yeah um and so I was kind of like you know I kind of need to back up and reevaluate what I'm doing here um I think that was around the same time that I was approached by Elaine about leading a bible study and um I was really just running away from it I really didn't mm. I really didn't want to be didn't want to be that light. Um, I figure if this is what Greek life is, then why not experience it for what it is, even though I wasn't called to necessarily be of the world. Um, sure. But to, but to, you know, change the systems within Greek life. Yeah. So um, I want to talk about Elaine, but mm -hmm. we're, we'll pause for a second. And I want to ask you something else. So a little bit what we talked about in our first episode was um, there's kind of two extremes that Christians who are Greek deal with. Um, and it's this tension of like, okay, I feel like I can either um, keep my faith 
but then I run the risk of ignoring my sisters or my brothers. Um, or the other extreme is, well, I can keep my friends, like I can engage with the Greek culture and stuff, but mm. then I run the risk of ignoring my faith. And so when you think about those two things, which one do you think you really struggled with the most in Greek life? Or it could be both. Yeah, I, th I think it was, it was both because it was how do I connect with my sisters and still be me? Um, yeah. And how do I still be a part of this <laughs> and still be godly? Like, um, and it wasn't, and I'm not saying like, oh, you know, sorority life or fraternity life is bad and it turns you away from God, but it's really no. just like, what decisions am I going to make? Um, to kind of like get back on the right path or like figure mm -hmm. out how to make these things work. Yeah, it forces you to make those decisions. That's for sure. Like yeah. uh, John and I talked about in the first episode that both of those extremes are easier. Like it'd be easier to just ignore all your friends mm -hmm. and stay in a Christian <laughs> bubble, right? Yeah. But then you're losing something or, you know, it could be easy just to blend in with all your brothers and sisters mm -hmm. um, and, but compromise on your faith. Um, and neither one is a great solution. Yeah. It's hard. Um, and so the harder road, right, is kind of what we talk about in Greek intervarsity of like really integrating fully your faith in Greek life, which leads to some awkward situations. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to take a quick break and I'm going to start asking you about some of the awkward or difficult or risky choices that you made. Okay, we are back. Um, and you alluded to a woman named Elaine. And I know a little bit about your story. But for our audience, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about you. You said this before the break, you said, Yeah, I was at a point um, in college where I just kind of was turning away from God, just kind of done with God for a little bit. Um, and then I met Elaine on campus. <laughs> so walk me through that. Who is Elaine? And how did you meet her? Yeah, um, so <laughs> Elaine was campus leader at Western for Greek and diversity at the time. And um, I I think it was, was it Bronco Bash, maybe? Um, I was in the Bernhardt Center, sitting behind this brick little pillar, minding my own business. And I was approached by Elaine, which was very random. Yes. Um, um, and Elaine, to give context to our audience, is a blonde hair, blue eyed white girl. Yeah. So I had no idea why she was talking to me. But uh, <laughs> um, I yeah. really stick to my circle. Um, so I was, yeah, I was a bit confused. But um, she was like, I really feel like you're led to lead Bible studies. And I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> um because she was right was this the 
like random? How did she know that you were Greek? Oh, I was wearing, a, um, I was wearing some paraphernalia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was very bold of Elaine. Yeah, it was. How, how did you respond when Elaine said, I think you're supposed to lead Bible studies? Um, I was, I was receptive to it. Um, hmm. after she left, I did have a conversation with God, like, you know, <laughs> you're, you're one bad guy. You really <laughs> got me. Like, <laughs> it was definitely a God moment there. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Like, why, why were you feeling that way about God? Like, you're a bad guy. Like, sounds like that was a, a challenging thing that yeah. God was asking of you. Um, because I, in some ways, you know, I prefer to kind of like sit back and relax and just go with the flow. Um, not really ruffle feathers too much. Um, mm -hmm. I just wanted to chill and enjoy this life as a Greek student. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I knew that um, by leading or facilitating Bible studies, it would require, you know, a level of discipline and commitment mm. um, and accountability that I just wasn't ready for at the time, or mm. I did not want to take on at the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So what happened next? I mean, did you start a Bible study? How did that all come together? Yeah, I prayed about it. And um, I went ahead and went through the uh, is it the apprenticeship? Yeah, you went through like some leadership training. Yeah, that's what it is—a mm -hmm. leadership training. Self-critical um, thoughts drove Lee Blum to lean disorder like, very and addictive fast. behaviors. Um, Eventually, really she found herself hospitalized with clinical depression. Know what to expect? But that's not the end of the story. After, like, Check I out Lee Blum's book, *Table in the Darkness*, you know, all about her journey track, of finding was, healing actually pretty for her eating disorder. It was a lot more fun than I thought. If you or someone you love has been at this table, you will find her spiritual journey encouraging. Visit ivypress.com. Um, yeah, so who, who was darkness. that? Like, who are you sharing your faith book. with? Was that and other order leaders? order your copy today. Um, yeah, um, other leaders, our um, advisor, our undergrad advisor, she also had led Bible studies when she was an undergrad. Your SG Rowe advisor? Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I talked to her a lot about it. Um, and then Elaine was very helpful. I think I think that's what it was fun. It was a way for me to not necessarily like vent, but express how I felt about the situation. Yeah. It sounds like you finally had an outlet yes. to like talk about all that tension of being Greek and Christian. Mm -hmm. Did you try to talk to like anybody at your church about being Greek or like family members? Um, <laughs> family members? No. <laughs> I mean, family members kind of weird. Yeah. Like, like, I didn't tell my parents about doing the things I did in college. But. No, um, definitely not. Not my family members. Um, church members, not so much. Um, mm -hmm. There are a lot of Greek um, members at our church um, or at my church, but other than that, not really. Yeah. So it kind of sounded like until you like started going public in your faith with your SGRO advisor, you had, you had a lane helping to coach you mm -hmm. sounded like that's when you really started to feel supported. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did your relationship with God change as you began leading a Bible study? 
Oh, man. Um, I kind of saw God as um, a confidant. Because there, I mean, of course, you know, I learned that I could confide in my sorority sisters. Um, but there were just, there were just things that were happening in life. And I just knew, like, I can't go to them for these specific things. Like, I really need um, some spiritual counsel, mm-hmm. <laughs> godly yeah. counsel in regards to certain areas of my life. Um, and even just, you know, like, learning how to navigate the whole like web of Greek life and like how do I have fun but still be a light but still Mm -hmm. not weird still be cool and like you know go to church on Sunday and not feel guilty like Mm -hmm. how do I do that um and in in some ways was like the more that I sought after God, the more stuff was happening on the other end. And so it was like, okay, God, like somewhere you're going to have to like help me because mm, <laughs> it sounded like you really had to depend on him in a new way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. So uh, the Bible study you were leading, uh, was it just for your sorority at the time? Yes. yes. Yeah. That's it was how just it- for us. It was exclusive. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> you know, being exclusive is the best way to go. So. <laughs> That's what they always say about Greeks. Oh, you're so exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So share a little bit about that. I mean, what was it like starting the Bible study with your sisters? Let's just start. What was the best part of leading it? The best part was like the engagement. Like people were really engaged. Yeah. Did that um, surprise you? Yes. A little bit. Um, we, I mean, we've had talks, we have had talks about faith, like prior to the Bible study, you know, Mm -hmm. people say I go to church and blah, blah, blah. And, um, but we had never like talked about the Bible Mm -hmm. and, um, like actually, you know, broke down scripture and like stories that were in the Bible, like the way that, you know, that it is in the, in the study book. So it was just fun, like, you know, picking their brains and, you know, them picking my brain. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, let's Google it. Um, I love it. <laughs> but <laughs> um, it, it was just a lot of fun to be able to to talk to them about Greek life in a biblical mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Totally. And I, like I found when I was leading the Bible study in my sorority that it was just deep conversations like Mm -hmm. you were having conversations on a deeper level um or it created like a natural place to do that yeah um which i really love yeah and uh you mentioned did you use the chapter ministry materials from greek university is that what you guys use yes the boxes yeah those good old boxes with the nice pens I know. Yeah. They're really nice pens. They I uh, lost all those pens. I don't have any more. I have so many. It. And they would not use any other pen but, <laughs> but that pen. <laughs> so to our audience, Tiaja and I are talking about Greek University's amazing Bible study resources. I mean, I'm biased because I work for Greek IV, <laughs> but Tiaja does not work for Greek University. She's an alum of the ministry. And she used it in her sorority. So you can trust her more than you can trust me. And, <laughs> and they're just amazing. They give you everything that you need to lead a Bible study over the course of a semester, including the best pens in the world. Yes. 
Um, what was maybe like a really hard or challenging part of leading the Bible study? <laughs> um, I think um hardest part would probably be if there was a lesson that I forgot what lesson it was, but it was a lesson that spoke about something that I was struggling with. Mm, um, like you personally were struggling with. Yeah, and it's like how do I teach this if I'm still learning this lesson? Yeah. Um and I I was really having like a difficult time being vulnerable mm-hmm. with my with my sisters. Um some of them will probably say I still have a hard time. Sure. <laughs> being vulnerable oh, yeah. and like, you know, opening up about, you know, just about life, you know. And so just being, you know, being that person to say, I am not perfect. And I'm sorry if I make it seem as though I am. I'm really not. And I think that that for me was probably the hardest thing about leading Bible studies is one, having to admit, like, I'm just as jacked up as you are. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, seriously. Well, and I think that's what makes like you a good leader is the willingness to face that, you know, like think me when I was a sophomore trying to lead, I tried to act like I had it all together and my sisters saw right through it. Mm -hmm. Um, and they didn't really want to come to Bible study because they knew I was faking it. And I had a sister call me out on it and, you know, did this 180. I mean, God really changed my heart and helped Mm -hmm. me to get real. But I mean, I agree with you. I think that that is the hardest part of leading is that God is transforming you just Mm -hmm. as much, if not more than the people you're leading. And, uh, it's hard to do that. It's hard to be exposed like that. Um, so was anybody else leading a Bible study in the NPHC chapters at the time? No. Yeah. You're the, what was that like being the only one leading a Bible study? Cause I think like at Western, I th- is every chapter represented from the divine nine? At that, when, when I came in, yeah. Um, yeah. I want to say, yeah, while I was there, definitely there was. Yeah. A- so it's a, a big, big council That's a big deal it is a big deal and yeah. so what was what was that like being the only one leading a bible study it was it, i mean it wasn't like bad well no <laughs> well, good. i'm glad it wasn't bad it wasn't like bad it was no. like we have a bible study what do you guys have oh um, yeah we got one up on all of y'all again i love like, it still I love um it. no yeah. but <laughs> that's awesome we love jesus how about you um <laughs> no um I think, and and what we ended up doing was opening it up to all divine nine organizations. Wow. Um, yeah. The slight competitiveness that is deep inside me was kind of like against it. Mm. Um, and then I had to realize like, no, like Jesus is for everyone regardless of, you know, or, but yeah, um, it really just challenged me to I, I really had to like check myself. Like, mm-hmm. are you really going to withhold Christ from everyone just because of this petty rivalry that you might have mm-hmm. with another org? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was it was a little it was a little tough. Um, well, I'd love to ask you one more question. Okay. Um, and I'd love to hear. I mean, what advice or encouragement do you have uh, for Greeks as they're trying to live out their faith? 
Do not grow weary in doing well. That's good. Yeah. Because you you will reap. <laughs> yeah. That and like just stay connected um, to, to a body of believers that you can like really um, confide in and like go to, especially when you're feeling weak or um, discouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think my hardest moments or the hardest times that I had was when I isolated myself from, from other believers. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's good. And we, we've talked a lot about that on the podcast that how essential community is. Mm-hmm. If you even have like one other Christian who's walking with you through this crazy experience of being Greek, um, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I love what you said about do not grow weary and doing well. Um, yeah. And that you will reap. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't see the results that you expect in college, I mean, you'll be surprised at who reaches out to you years from now saying, Hey, I'm so glad you love that Bible study. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you had anybody do that? Like people talk to you after you graduated about it? Um, after, <laughs> after like a semester of, of no Bible studies, someone did uh, text me and say, Hey, so when are you coming back? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm not, uh, yeah. you gotta run a local church, man. You know, <laughs> That's right. I'm not in college anymore. Right? <laughs> uh, do you want me to be that alone? <laughs> you guys like, no, it's not what they want from us. Yeah. I know. I know. But I I think that raises a good point that, you know, even if you don't see what you expect in college, like you're making an impact by choosing to bring Christ into your Greek experience. We hope you enjoyed that conversation with Tiaja. And as a reminder, we'll be re-releasing another of our favorite episodes next week. And our new season of the Greek and Christian podcast will premiere at the end of February. Thanks for joining us. The Greek and Christian Podcast is produced by Greek InterVarsity, a nonprofit college ministry for fraternity and sorority students. Our ultimate vision is to see every fraternity and sorority connected to a community of Greek Christians so that every Greek is just one friend away from knowing and following Jesus. To learn more, find a community on campus, or partner with us, visit greek.intervarsity.org.